0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. All right, let's go ahead and um, let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. And I'm going to pray a short prayer before we get into the rest of this. I really believe there's a word on my heart that's going to help us all greatly. Father, in Jesus' name, you know the words we need to hear tonight. Let those words come forth with boldness and clarity. Father, you know what we need to experience tonight. Let the Spirit of God manifest as He needs to and as we need Him to. We're asking, Father God, for everything to happen in these next few minutes that you want to happen. We know you're a good Father. You're taking care of us powerfully. We thank you for providing for your own. We thank you, Lord, for lifting us up. We thank you for giving us strength. And we declare boldly and we prophesy strong from our spirits, we are all coming up in this time. We are all going to higher places. We will not go back to what we call normal. Normal didn't work. But Lord, we're going higher. We'll never be the same with your help. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I want to um, <clears throat> entitle this tonight, Had the Devil Known? And I'll finish the the sentence in the Revelation. But had the devil known, he would not have launched some things that he launched because it's going to turn on his head. You don't mess with the church. I said you don't mess with the church. Now, we may have been asleep. We may have been a little bit uh, drowsy. We may have been out of it. But there's something about tough times That wakes up the church because the church realizes, you know what, no matter how tough it gets, we can go deeper in God and we can get out of anything. And we've been having it good for a long time and and things have been happening that have been great and we've seen a lot of prosperity and our economy is doing wonderful. But I think one of the things that's happened here with this whole demonic virus thing is that it did wake up some of the church. And we say, oh, I can't wait till things get back to normal. We don't want to go back to the way it was. What, look at what that led to. a opening in the hedge, a serpent bit us. We don't want to go back to the way it was. We want to be different people from this crisis on because the way we were didn't work. Somehow the serpent bit us. The Ecclesiastes talks about the hedge being broken and the serpent biting. Well, thank God the Lord's helping us to patch that up through prayer and through doing everything else he told us to do in 2 Chronicles 7.14. But guys, we're going to higher places. We're all coming out better. We're all coming out stronger because you don't mess with the church. Amen. And us not get stronger. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, I think I better back up a little bit, guys. I think we need to go to verse 7. Let's read verse 7 and 8. This is Paul by the Holy Spirit talking to the church. He says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, the wisdom of God, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Had the princes of this world known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Well, that's probably talking about some of the physical leaders, religious leaders particularly, in the day of Jesus, thinking they were doing what was right, thinking they were doing the will of God by killing Jesus because they were so messed up in their minds. All these weird things. But even the devil himself didn't know what he was doing. He thought he actually had a victory. When he, when he saw Jesus die on a cross and he saw Jesus descend into his domain in the uh, heart of this earth, Satan's gone. We got him. We got him. We got the Son of God. And they did have him for a little time. For a little time. But one thing they didn't realize is that this was all a part of the wisdom of God, of God becoming flesh, dying for our sins, and rising from the dead so we could all rise with Him at that last day. And had the princes of this world known, I mean, they just, they just walked right into the trap. They didn't even know what they were doing and had they known because I mean, they're going, oh, my goodness, what did we do? We thought we killed the Prince of life and we did. We we, we got to escort him to hell and we did. But we weren't we weren't thinking a voice was going to shout from heaven. This is my beloved Son, and this day I have begotten thee. And Jesus rose up from the dead, took the keys of death and hell away from the devil and Satan himself, rose up triumphantly, spoiled principalities and powers, making a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And Jesus rose victorious, Satan was eternally defeated, and all mankind can now be saved. Had the princes of this world known that's what was happening in crucifying the Lord, they wouldn't have done it. But they did it and I wanted to relate that to today. There's some things that are happening in our world today. You all know it's a worldwide pandemic. They're calling it and it's really bringing a lot of pain and a lot of hurt and death and just terrible things. But you know what? Had the devil known what the outcome of this thing would be the church rising up. The church brushing itself off, waking up, getting stronger, getting where we should have been maybe before this happened. He's going to think twice and go, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have done that. The church just got stronger. They're winning more souls. They're getting greater uh, results in their prayer life. Their faith is coming up to an all-time high. You better believe it, devil. It is coming up to an all-time high. And you just, I just say it again. Had the, you know, had the devil known... He never would have put those diseases on Kenneth Hagen as a young boy. Yeah. Had the devil known what him being healed of those stupid diseases was going to do against the kingdom of darkness, I mean, Brother Hagin, <laughs> he was healed of three incurable diseases that the devil tried to kill him with. And he got healed because he started reading the Bible, started meditating on Mark 11, 24, Prayed the prayer of faith. Got total victory. Rose up. Lived 60 to 70 years after that. Preaching the gospel. Rhema Bible Training Center comes out of that. And so the devil's going, man, we never should have made that kid sick. We never should have made that kid sick. Oh my goodness. We never should have made that kid sick. Tried to destroy him. Tried to kill him. But you can't kill somebody who dives in the Word. And latches onto it with all their might. Anybody can overcome anything by doing what Kenneth Hagin did. That's why I bought all his books more than once. Gave him whole sets of them to other people. Because there's life-saving truths in there. And I figured if he did it for Brother Hagin, he'll do it for me. Because God's no respecter of persons. So did you see that there? Had the princes of this world known, that whether that's physical princes or principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. I don't know about everybody else that's watching right now and those in the room, but I have determined to get stronger, to grow in faith, to get closer to God, and to not ever return to where I was before this thing hit. Now, I I don't think I was doing too bad before it hit, but now you don't mess with me. I'm growing. We're coming out of this. You put weight against me, I'm pushing it away from me, and I'm developing biceps. Do you understand me? I'm not just going to lay there with a barbell on my chest. Oh, it's getting so heavy. I'm pushing it away. And the Lord will help you push it away. But He can't do it for us. But He can help us. So turn now, please, to 2 Corinthians 2.14. I I mentioned this to you. And I wanted to say this as well. Um, I'm not going to go here. But in John 15, Jesus talked about some prunings that happen once in a while. You know, so more fruit can be born later. And... um, You know, maybe right now you're feeling like some pruning is happening in your life. Maybe it feels like you're having to cut some things back or cut some things off or and here's where the Lord kind of shared it with me. It's not the ending, it's just a pruning. It's not the ending. Nothing's ending here. If anything, it's just a pruning so that more fruit can come forth in the near future and beyond. And, you know, prunings aren't fun. Cutbacks aren't fun. But you know what? Sometimes they have to happen. And if you really have the end result in mind, then more fruit. I I remember pruning our rose bush in front of our house at our other house we used to live in. And I mean, it was getting really straggly. I mean, there was a lot of branches, but not many buds. And it was looking kind of ugly. This was real long over here. This one was real short over here. The little one poking out over here. Not much form to it at all. So I just got out. I don't even know if it was the right season. But I just got my clippers. And I just started clipping. I said, Carla, I can't take it anymore. I got to prune this bush. And it used to be like, you know, six, seven feet wide. I got it down to about two feet, three feet wide. It looked like I just, kind of looked like my dog when she goes and gets a haircut. It's like, oh, it's too short, you guys. It's poor doggy. But, Um, I I cut and I thought, man, I don't know, Carla, did I kill it? Did I kill it? But you know what? Spring that came up right around the corner, that thing bloomed and flourished like never before. (laughs) I'm sure it didn't like me when I was pruning it, but I think it liked me after the next spring because that thing budded. There wasn't a bunch of straggly stuff. It was perfectly formed and pruning is an interesting principle. You know, uh, Jesus said in John chapter 12 that, it, that when a corn of wheat falls in the ground, except it die, it remains alone. But if it dies, it'll bring forth much fruit. It's not a sermon that we probably want to hear every week. You know, except it die, except it die, it won't bring forth any more fruit. But the seed, Jesus said, he was talking about himself dying and multiply, multiplied millions becoming, you know, children of God because of his death. The, the life that would be after that. But even a seed, a corn of wheat, it's got to die before it can multiply. And, you know, maybe there's some things in our life dying right now, but there's resurrection right around the corner. So in Second Corinthians 2 Corinthians 2.14, this is a scripture that we know quite frequently. But, you know, Isn't it interesting how, like Carla said, the songs come alive? Um, the scriptures come alive? You know, it's one thing to study because you want to and it's awesome, but it's another thing to study because you have to, Right? I mean, I remember Milan LeFevre, a friend of ours one time, saying when he got saved, he, he had to go to the jails and minister. He had to go to the nursing homes. He, he had to go outside and minister. He said, if I didn't, I would have died. The darkness he was coming out of, he had to minister. He had to help people. I can totally relate to that. I had to do these things when I first got saved to get out of the darkness that I was in because I knew I, I, gotta, I can't just pray and believe God and sit back home and watch TV. i got to get there and start helping people if I want my health to spring forth speedily. So 2 Corinthians 2.14 Now, thanks be unto God. And that word now is very important. Don't wait till things get better right now. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. And makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. This is a packed scripture. Now the first word is now. That means no matter how you feel, no matter what it looks like, right now, right now, not when things get better, anybody can do that right now in the midst of the test and trial. Thank you, Father. What are you thanking him for? The next part of the verse, he's turning this thing around. I am a winner. I'm not going down. It may look like it, feel like it, smell like it, and seem like it, but I'm a winner. If I lose, the Lord lied. Now, you can lose by turning away from God, living in worry, and not believing scriptures, but that wouldn't be God not coming through for you. That would be you taking a different road than the one he said victory is on. And so, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Anybody like the word "always"? Yeah. That would mean what we're going through right now. We are winners over this. Yeah. Hmm? Right. We are winners over this. God, He, the Lord, never said there'd be no challenges. He never said there'd be no battles. He never said there'd be no tough times. But He did say we always win. That's strong. Well, he, just the fact that he says we're going to win means there's something we have to win over. Fear, depression, lack, whatever is trying to come our way, we win. And, so, and, and, and if people don't get the victory, that's not God not doing his part. That's people taking a different road, like the worry road. You know, worrying cuts us, cuts us off from receiving from the Lord. It doesn't cut God off from wanting to help us. It just puts us in a different position where we can't receive from the Lord like we need to. I want to show you another scripture, so don't, don't forget this scripture. It'll get you through everything. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, now we talked about this one not too long ago last year in a series on Amazing Grace Changes Everything. Uh, we talked about this scripture, and I, I think actually it was um, entitled different. It was a different one. Something about, um, what was it? Does anybody remember the series we taught it just last year about grace? I think it was something else. Something It had the word grace in it, but we studied grace again. And so I want you to notice 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Paul was going through some tough stuff. People were trying to kill him. Everywhere he was going, things weren't going right, but he was doing the will of God. How many of you could be doing the will of God and pressure come your way? So he said unto me, Jesus said unto me, My grace, Paul, is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. We usually don't get a lot of amens on that one, but <laughs> it's, it's a good scripture when you're in weakness and you see His grace come on you. Paul said, Most gladly, therefore... Now, here's our part. You ready? Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory not for my infirmities or weaknesses, but in those situations so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. It's so important in times like this to make sure we do our part Our part is we don't buckle to the enemy and his lies and his fears and his depression. God never changes. The economy might change. Things around you might change. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this scripture says, okay, we've all got grace available to us. How do we get that power activated in our life? By how you act during the tough times of your life. Paul prayed and prayed and prayed and got nothing. And the Lord said, Paul, you're praying and praying and praying when you should be saying and saying and saying something about the grace I've already given you. one of the greatest things we can say in times like this, God, your grace is sufficient for me. Your power is made perfect in my weakness. Therefore, I'm not going to get down. I'm going to rejoice in these problems, not for you. You didn't give me these problems. The enemy's doing stuff. But in the midst of these problems, I glory. I praise you. I worship you because your grace is sufficient for me. And this junk is going to turn around and change. And the power of Christ is going to come upon me. Don't you like that? He said, I'm going to glory in my infirmities. Why? So that something can happen. Anybody wants something to happen now? Really, really good. <laughs> well, you're going to you're gonna have to make sure that you're more operating according to God's grace for your life than the things that are around you trying to push you into doubt and fear and complaining and all that other stuff. So here's a really powerful truth, guys. You can pray and pray and pray like Paul, but Jesus is going to let you know, hey guys, uh, no matter how much you pray, you've already got grace. Why don't you start accessing the grace I've already given you and quit praying for something that you think I haven't given you yet? And just start saying, Lord, your grace is sufficient. Let's say that right now. Say this. God's grace is sufficient for me. I glory in my troubles. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, if you would, turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. And I've just got a couple more scriptures here. Look at 1 Peter 5. Um, I I don't know if I want to share a lot of this right now, but um, Sunday morning we talked about, well, we actually answered a question at the beginning that some people in our acquaintances in the business field in our city were asking us, asking us, is this this whole virus and all that's happening right now, is it the beginning of the end of all things? And um, we went to a scripture and Jesus talked about the beginning of sorrows in the last days. He talked about uh, nation, uh, rising against nation. He talked about famines. He talked about pestilence. And I thought it was interesting that famines and pestilence went the same in the same group. And he talked about earthquakes in different places. There'd be an escalation of these things. And yes, Jesus said, these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, the church can live free from what the world's going to go through. We're, it's not going to touch us like it's going to touch the world. Jesus carried our sorrows. We're going to be... And you know, before it gets really, really bad, He promised to to, to take us out of here. And um, there's just some interesting things. I mean, a lot of us, we remember Joseph Morris. And he came to our church and taught some really good things on the end times. And it was really interesting, some of the things He said recently. And I did a little study in Revelation chapter 8 about this. But um, Jesus said in the last days... Uh, Men's hearts would begin to fail them for fear, looking at those things that are coming on the earth. Not things that are happening in the earth, things that were coming from outer space on the earth. And it's really kind of interesting because Revelation, you you can go look at it later if you want, but Revelation chapter 8 talks about what it sounds like two meteorites hitting our planet one of them destroying a third of the life in the sea, another one hitting the rivers and and part of the dry land, and another third of of things were just, were... It talks about a mountain falling into the ocean, a a mountain on fire falling into the ocean. I'm thinking, what's a mountain on fire? Well, it sounds like a meteorite to me, I don't know. But it's really kind of interesting because NASA has now projected, and they've got on their telescopes, a meteorite coming toward the Earth. That will be here in 2029, and it's very interesting because they named it a name that's translated in. Was it Latin or was it? Um, I don't remember. It wasn't Hebrew, was it? Ukrainian, I think it was. It's, it's translated wormwood, which is the name of a star that falls from the sky and hits the earth during the Revelation and does a lot of damage to the planet. And we were thinking about, because they said, now they said this, this thing is probably going to miss the Earth, but it's going to come really, really close to the Earth. But, let's face it, if it was going to hit the Earth, they wouldn't tell anybody. Because there'd be a mass panic on their hands, right? But they said it's going to be about 19,000 miles away from the Earth. They're wondering what it's going to do to the gravitational pull of the Earth. They're not sure. I mean, some, is this thing going to splinter? going to? We know something's going to hit the Earth in Revelation 8. Two things, two objects are going to hit the earth and a lot of things are going to die. And it's interesting because some of these things you'll be able to see coming toward the earth for a while. You're looking up there and seeing this thing come toward the earth. You're wondering, is that thing going to hit us? And it says men's hearts will be failing them for fear for the things that are coming on the earth. And I'm not saying this to make anybody afraid. I don't think we're going to be here when those things hit because that's some severe wrath of God. That's some some severe tribulation. It's not the Lord doing it, but He is allowing. And I mean, this whole thing was messed up and it's still off course. And there's things even in the heavens that are not right. And um, so I'm thinking, really, what's the key? What should we be focusing on and thinking about right now as Christians? Let me tell you what we shouldn't be thinking about. Elimination of all plagues and all problems and all meteorites. It's going to happen. What should we be working on? Getting so close to God and so strong in faith we live above it and getting as many people as we can to go up in the rapture because that's about to happen. I mean, Jesus, we can't change scriptures. In the last days, perilous times shall come. Right? In the last days, Jesus said it's going to be like Sodom and Gomorrah, it's going to be a mess. He said in the last days there's going to be earthquakes and famines, escalation of of these things, of wars and rumors of wars, and, and just weird stuff's going to escalate in the last days. So really, the answer is not, oh, let's pray all these things don't happen. Our prayers can't change some prophecies. They can keep us protected from some of these things. They can keep us shielded and, praise God, some of these things we won't even be here for. But the beginning of sorrows, I mean, it even said in the book of Revelation chapter 8 that these two objects coming down from the sky, hitting the earth, it, said, it says those are bad, but the biggest woes are yet to come. And then there's two other angels, with two other trumpets. It's like, if you keep reading, it's like, oh my goodness, thank God. The Lord's going to get us out like he got Noah out. Like he got Lot and his family out. How many know you don't want to be too close to the world when the world's being judged? <laughs> you, you don't want to be too... I mean, Lot's wife is a perfect example. She still has some of Sodom and Gomorrah in her. The angels got him out before whatever meteorite hit. I think it might have been a meteorite, personally, that hit Sodom and Gomorrah. But um, they, uh, the angels got him out, and they're all walking out of that filthy, terrible, ungodly place. I mean men wanting to have relations with angels. It's just weird. Just, just perverted to the max. And, um, but anyway, they're walking out and Lot's wife turned around and looked. She had to take another look. She still had some of that city in her. And when she looked, something had, the, the thing hit and she was turned to a pillar of salt. I mean, that's I many know it's really important what you're looking at and what you love. I mean, that that's just... And Jesus said, just like in the days of Sodom, Gomorrah is going to be like that on the earth before the, the, the Son of Man comes. People are eating, they're drinking, they're marrying, they're giving in marriage, they're buying, they're selling, they're building, they're planting. It's like all this stuff's going on and, until the day God got Lot out of Sodom Gomorrah. I, I guess I wanted to say all that to say this. You know... We pray now every night at 7 o'clock, and we're going to keep doing that in a kind of a closed... Not, but anybody can join. It's just we go deep in prayer, and we don't want people to be freaked out because we pray in tongues a lot. Tomorrow night we'll be on at 7 again. We might start a half an hour in the morning sometime too. But um, we're just realizing more and more that the, the biggest thing right now is the church just needs to grow. Get strong. Develop in faith. And not worry about what's going to happen in the last days because this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith." Our faith can overcome anything that happens in this world while we're here. And since there are some things that are prophesied are going to happen in the last days, maybe we should be a little more concerned about growing in faith and getting people saved than trying to stop all the bad things that scriptures and prophecies said are going to happen. Um, I think some of our prayers can slow things down. I think we can delay some things, but there comes a time where these prophecies will be fulfilled. And so I said all that to say this. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. 1 Peter 5, 10. Is there a song out? Is there some secular song out uh, that goes kind of like, uh, if it doesn't kill you, it only makes you stronger? Anybody heard a song like that? What, what's that called? What's the name of that song? Do you know? Is it a good song or a bad song? Huh? Bad song. Dorsey says bad. Austin says good. I, I've never heard it. All I've heard was the chorus. But I got to thinking, if it doesn't kill you, it only makes you stronger. I thought, well, that, that little bit right there, I couldn't understand. I don't know what the rest of the song's about. But um, look at this scripture here. The, the Bible talks about, you know, attacks of the enemy and overcoming stuff in the earth realm and things coming against us. And it says, but the God of all grace who has called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, and it's not talking about God sending suffering, it's just stuff happens in this fallen world. After that you've suffered a while, make you perfect, established, strengthen, and settle you. Now, this doesn't happen to everybody because some people choose to go a different route. They choose to bail They choose to give up on God. They choose to say, I don't believe in that stuff anymore. I prayed and God didn't answer my prayer and and all this. But if we'll stick with God, if we'll endure the hardness, if we'll we'll pray, if we'll grow, if we'll develop, all that comes out of these hard suffering times, and I don't know if you like this, but I do, all that comes out of it is perfection, establishment, stronger and settled. Say that's happening to me. Come on, that's happening to me. That's my outcome. That's my outcome. Had the devil known, he would not have given us a club membership. Because I'm using it. I'm working out. He may have provided the weight, but I'm pushing it away from me. And I'm getting stronger. And I'm developing to a greater man of faith. I'm becoming a better leader, a better father, a better husband, a better everything. I mean, let's face it, we, we can come out any way we want from this. If we stick with the Lord, resist what He says Resist, grow in areas we need to grow, repent in areas we need to repent, we're coming out of this thing better than before it hit. And had the devil known, he would have gone, you know, maybe we shouldn't have thrown that virus their way. Now the church is acting like the early church. Now they're putting prayer in the priority it's supposed to be. Now they're throwing aside those wicked ways. They are realizing I'm too close to the world and they're, they're booking and going toward God. I mean, he's going, did we have anything to do with that, demons? Uh, yeah, boss, they, they weren't doing any of that until you put pressure on them. So what's going on? Again. Again. <laughs> he's going, oh no. <laughs> Had I known. I think he thought we were just going to, you know, get under the bed and hide or something. Yeah. You know, he's such, a, he's such a deceiver because he so deceived himself. Yeah. I think he still thinks he's going to win this thing somehow. Yeah. But you think after so many times of losing, he'd get a hint. Maybe I better not hit all the church like I've been hitting them in the past Even in the early church when the persecution was the greatest more people got saved during that time than any other time. I believe we're going to see the gifts of the Spirit. We've been praying this out on our prayer meetings at night. We're going to see manifestations of the Holy Spirit like we've never seen before. We're going to see translations in these last days. I'm not so sure we're not going to be translated into a church service and nobody's going to even know we're here because there's no cars in the parking lot but we're all here worshiping God, praising and then when the service's over we're back in our homes and didn't know how we got there except it was a horizontal rapture. A translation. Hey, these scriptures are in the Bible for a reason. And we're going to see multiply more of these things in our generation than they saw in the book of Acts. There's more people now. There's more ministry now. There's more needs now. And I heard the Spirit of God say we are going to see the angelic ministry come to such a level. Just like before Jesus came the first time, angels manifesting everywhere, appearing to all kinds of people. They're going to start appearing and and manifesting their ministry just before his second coming, even more than before the first coming. We're about ready to see the full power of the angels. Amen. Because we need it. We're in the last days. Would you look at two more scriptures, please? And then we'll close. 1 John 5 and verse 4. 1 John 5, 4. I, um, you know, we all know that uh, where diamonds come from, right? We all know that it's, it starts off with an ugly black chunk of coal under pressure somewhere just ugly black rock. After a while of that pressure being consistent and greater and consistent and greater, pretty soon the coal turns into the most beautiful stone, diamonds that this earth has ever seen. But it doesn't happen without pressure. How you respond to pressure determines if you're broken or you become a diamond. Say this with me, I am a diamond in the rough. (laughs) <laughs> I am a work in progress. I mean, think about it. the most beautiful glistening stone coming out of coming out of the darkest coal is like the blackest black you can get. But under pressure over time. That pressure actually you know anybody y'all know what manure is, right? It's stinky stuff. It's not something you want to talk about or think about. It's, it's a mess. right? It's, it's just a mess. And, and a lot of us have messed. Messes in our life. Or we've messed up in the past. And that could be a stinky testimony for the rest of our life. Or we can put it in our lives in such a way where it becomes fuel and fertilizer. And we go further than we've ever gone. And we grow higher than we've ever grown we take the messes, we bring them to God, we don't let them destroy us, we let them propel us into the future, and we declare, you know what, this may be stinky stuff, but we're getting some use out of it. It's gonna become fuel and fertilizer and we're going up. You know, th- I think the devil thought there was gonna be some endings but no, there's some growings that are happening. Yeah. Devil, there's going to be some endings. I'm going to close some churches down. I'm going to close some ministries down. It's going to be some endings for some churches. News flash. It's going to be some growings that are happening. Yeah. We're growing out of this thing. Yeah. Matter of fact, we're growing stronger than the problem. Therefore, we don't actually, we're not actually freaking out, thinking we need to eliminate the problem. Why don't we just grow stronger than the problem? I mean, peace is not the absence of storms. <laughs> right? I mean, if peace was the absence of storms, then how was Jesus in perfect peace in the midst of a deadly storm? So, let's read this. 1 John 5, 4. It says, John said by the Holy Spirit, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And that's anything this world can conjure up. Diseases, plagues, bacterias, whatever. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, You, know how, you want to know specifically how it works? This is the victory that overcomes the world and everything in the world, even our faith. So the number one thing we should be concerned about is our faith developing, not all problems ceasing. The number one thing we should be concerned about is our faith developing that overcomes everything and not all problems ceasing, because that's just not a reality. And that's again why Faith Heights Church is here. If you listen to these broadcasts and you let them go into your heart, your faith will develop and grow. And and we're going to get to a place where, you know what? What used to scare us, we're now above it. And we've grown in faith and it can't touch us. Last scripture, Proverbs 26, please. Proverbs chapter 26. And we'll close with this one. I used to not like this scripture. Um, Be honest with you, I, I, I didn't like the way it made me feel. Um, But now it's one of my favorite scriptures because I understand it more and I realize its place in my life. Proverbs 24 and verse 10. Had the devil known, he wouldn't have hit us because he hit the wrong nerve. 24.10. Solomon, by the Holy Spirit, by the wisdom of God, said, If you faint, give up, lose heart. In the day of adversity, your strength is small. When I read that years ago, I thought, man, that that's just doesn't feel right. I think I'll just keep reading on. And I did, because sometimes you just need to read on. You're not at a level where you should dig into it. But then as I grew up in the Lord and I realized, you know what? That's not a bad scripture. If I faint in the day of adversity, my strength is small. That's not a cut. That's not a, a degrading word to people. He's saying, listen, here's the really good news. Uh, you can fix small strength. See, we're always trying to fix the adversity. No, 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 no. We can grow stronger than any adversity. Why be worried about adversities that are going to come and go all our life until Jesus comes? And so really, to try to get rid of all adversity is not even realistic. So what should we be thinking about? Just growing stronger. Growing stronger than the problem. Strong, small strength can be fixed. That's why I like praying in tongues. He that speaks in an unknown tongue builds himself up. Right? rises like an edifice, higher and higher. That's why I like getting in the Word all the time. The Bible says if we get in the Word, it'll build us up and help us get in the full inheritance that the Lord provided for us. Getting in the Word, praying in tongues, walking in love. These are ways we grow up and we develop spiritually. And that's the main thing. Let, Let what's going on right now just be a time of workout in a gymnasium. Just resist the things you're supposed to be resisting. Correct the things you need to be correcting. Change the things you need to be changing. Take the uncomfortable route, if that's what it is. Grow and develop. And I'm telling you, six months to one year from now, we're going to look back and go, oh my goodness, I'm not going to pray for another one of these things, but I grew leaps and bounds. Through this time, the devil wanted to destroy me. I only got stronger. I got richer when it was all said. Then I got healthier. I became a more loving person. I know how to pray better. Just just use what the enemy's thrown against you as a means to grow and develop. And he'll wish he never would have attacked us, but it's too late. We're already growing. Hopefully, when the pressure's gone, we stay in the habit of growing when there's no pressure. And we don't come back to a, uh, a kickback level. Well, everything's okay right now. I guess I can, can get a little closer to the world now and do a little more of that drinking stuff and getting high. And, uh, no, no. How about we just keep the pedal to the metal because I'm not sure what's next. <laughs> a meteorite or a famine or what. And I don't know how long we're going to be here, but I'm telling you, if we'll just, de- just develop strong in faith when the skies are blue, then next time something does hit, We're going to be on the helping end totally. We're going to have so much resources, so much faith, so much strength, so much energy. We're just going somewhere to help people. And I know some of us may feel a little caught off guard with this thing. It's all right, no condemnation. Let's just move forward and grow and, and thank God that we're coming up. We're coming up. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the spirit of God. We thank you for giving us things that will last forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.